ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think, hey, I want to start my own? Then you need Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, everyone's favorite word, free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Cambridge Lewis is the definition of a smart girl, valedictorian of the best private school in the state, graduated magna cum laude from college, and owns her own store at the age of 22. Even after all that, it seems like it's not enough for Judge Kaysen Lewis, her father. The relationship between Cam and her father is the reason why she is confused on what love really is, since he beats her down mentally and physically, that is, until she meets the foul-mouthed Malice Bailey. Phoenix Malice Bailey is the youngest of the two Bailey brothers who wants to make his own living, his own way, instead of the way his dad wants him to, the drug game. Malice had to put himself through school using money that he gets from his special service and his good friend, Catherine Jensen. To them, Malice and Cam met by chance, but their father saw an opportunity to ignite an old beef between the two. Using both of their kids in a dangerous feud can only lead to one thing between these two, love or death. Cam and Malice being friends come with a lot of secrets, including two big ones, Cam's boyfriend, Connor Wiles, and Malice's good friend, who wants to be more than a good friend. In a Malice love, you find out the lengths to which people go for love, respect, and money. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Bibliophiles Bookcase. I am your host, Erica the Bibliophile, and today's book is A Malice Love, the first part of the Bailey family's story. Now, you all know that Mayhem is my fave, one of my favorite book babes, but, you know, we don't get his story without getting Malice's story, so let's jump right into it. Cambridge is in the back of her shop, you know, trying to get something to eat. Um, when she's interrupted by a rude customer, like as soon as this person walked through the door, there's no like, hello, is anybody back there? It's just automatic yelling. What I got to do to get some motherfucking service in this bitch. And he's beating on the counter. It's like, uh, sir, you just walked in. And I'm like, y'all, I work in customer service. So it's a known, fa- even if I didn't, and I've said this before, even if I didn't work in customer service, I just have sense. Ain't no reason for you to automatically come through the door just being rude, being nasty. You ain't said hello, nothing. Just automatically get together. So she comes from the back telling him to calm down with all that noise. And he says, well, you know, if you wasn't back there sucking dick, then maybe, you know, I wouldn't be so rude. Um, And he says that because there's a white substance around her mouth. And when she looks at herself in the mirror, it's mayonnaise because she just took a bite out of her sandwich. And so... She tells him, you know, if you would have looked around and read a little bit before you got to act in a fool, there is a huge sign that says if there is no one at the counter to ring the bell. And of course, because he's an asshole, he starts ringing the bell right then and there. I'm like, you know what? I don't even know what you're here for, but get the fuck out of my shop. Like, (laughs) I can't. Like, we haven't even started the process of you making an order and you already on my goddamn nerves. And... I have the right to refuse you, so get out. But anyway, you know, she's too nice and sweet for that. Rude Boy is there to order 50 t-shirts with a custom design that says Rich Cuts. And he introduces himself as Malice. And she's looking at him like, that's exactly what you, you, you are. Like, your names match you perfectly. And that's what he says to her. Like, you, I see the look on your face. You thinking that my name matches me and that's right. It's like, I'll fuck all these shirts up just to be an asshole about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But Malice is described as being six feet, brown skin, having a beard with a tiny mustache and a curly fro. And 
he demands that she has the shirts done by tomorrow tomorrow morning that is and it's like uh no i have other customers before you so you know they'll be done sometimes he's like no i'll see you in the morning and you know she starts like after he leaves it's just like let me do these shirts right now so i can get him out my motherfucking hair because you know he's a nightmare to deal with so it's like yeah i'm gonna do what he say just so he can leave me alone but cambridge is cambridge bailey she is the middle child of three children um she has an older brother Cade and a younger sister kalina their father Kaysen, is a judge and their mother tracy is the vice president of a human resources company like a big company um and you know while she admits and is grateful for the very privileged life that she has and has had it's not as great as it's cracked up to be because her father makes it very difficult damn near unbearable to even enjoy being alive um at 22 you know she's still being forced to live at home and she has a curfew because her father claims with him being a judge people might be out to get him and want to retaliate against him by getting to her if she's out on her own so he says no and you know of course he's also a judge so he has pull so if he says no he has connections that will have people denying her uh to get a place and so if y'all hear that creaking that's my chair um cam has a boyfriend of quote unquote 10 years and i say 10 years because she's only 22 you ain't been in no like real relationship with this boy since y'all was 12 but he's a white boy by the name of connor and while he claims to not be racist everyone around him is like his friends be making racist jokes and talking about people and her her parents excuse me his parents like every time they see her is they're looking at her with disgust so i'm like how did y'all manage this relationship for 10 years and this ain't even about not caring what people think it's just like who wants to deal with that negativity in their life and of course you know connor he don't see a problem with it and he swears that he's not like them so he don't see what the issue is and so <laughs> this i still don't know how i feel about this because uh, she says that they have anal sex but not vaginal sex because she's saving that for her boyfriend i mean her husband's lord excuse me and so i was like i don't know because when i first read this book i was stuck on that for a while because i'm like hmm i could see that but you know and i know so many people be like it's the opposite for me but i'm like you know to each his own but i'm just like i don't yeah i don't know because like do you really just want to save yourself for that one person because what if when y'all finally do it you hate it i don't know and then it's like you don't know what you like you don't know nothing it's just like i'm saving this part for my husband and my husband alone and i understand that that's a person's choice because you have some men too who say you know like i'm not having sex until my till i'm married that's for my wife and my wife alone why why because whatever this person is that you're gonna meet like i'm pretty sure especially as a man and i hate to do that but it's just the honest truth a man is gonna have slept with multiple women before they get usually in this case what i'm trying to say is the woman who saves herself for just one man girl he has been been through plenty so i don't understand why you just you know section yourself off of this one person because it's like it's not the same um anyway so malice is in school for business management and wants to open up his own barbershop you know the design he has her putting on the shirts rich cuts and he has to make this happen on his own because although his father is a millionaire and has plenty of money um he refuses to help him because he doesn't want to join the family business his drug empire now his legal business is a taxi company 
and that's how the drugs are getting around the city because instead of standing out on the corner the dealers drive taxi cabs and i was just like that's smart as hell okay um so you know but malice that's not the life for him he like i don't want to be in the streets i don't want to constantly be looking over my shoulder like you can never just relax is you always tense you just always gotta make sure people ain't on no bullshit and but the thing is though their name is bailey like that name means something so even without you being in the game you got to do that anyway um and in his teenage years he dropped out of school because, you know, just high school, he was having a rough time. It's like, it's not for me. Um, but he went back and got his GED at 21. And after that, he went to college. Uh, Lord, I rebuke you, Jesus. Because <laughs> I was going to say cosmology school. And I was just like, oh, no, Lord. He went to cosmetology school. And then he went on to community college and took up business and entrepreneurship. So he has his associate's degree and he is currently working on his bachelor's. And he gets a few clients, uh, you know, to cut their hair. And he's currently working out of one of his dad's duplexes, like as a shop until he gets his up and running. So after he's done uh, cutting hair, he gets a text message from a woman named Kat. Kat is a 55-year-old white woman that he has sex with for money. That's right. He's a male escort. Uh, Kat first approached him when he was 16 and he was 43. And I was so disgusted. Like, ugh, ugh, the grooming process. And they met while she was in the hospital. And he was working, he was working there as a janitor. And so at first she asked him, you know, do you want to come to my house, do some landscaping work? And she was paying him a thousand dollars a week. So of course he's like, man, fuck this, uh, this janitor job when I can get paid, what I was going to say, probably a two week check ain't even a thousand dollars and I'm getting paid a thousand dollars a week. And so she uh then after that it's like after he got comfortable around her working in the house or whatever one day he walks in the house and she booty butt naked and asks him does he want to make even more money and of course he's 16 like a teenager is not going to see the problem with this but it's like bitch your old ass knew exactly what the fuck he was doing having sex with this teenager and also because she wanted to try I'm sorry, I hate the word cock, but of course with white people, it she wanted to try black cock. And I was just like, ugh, gross. Um, so then she took him to a gala, a gala, Lord, with her and introduced him to her friend. Like basically showing off, like, look at my little slave boy, and girl, you know, he does this and this and this to me. Why won't you try him out? And so he started getting phone calls from other women who are married, but you know they want to try black dick um so he's getting paid two to five thousand dollars and it's now been 12 years later and he's dealing with cat plus 10 loyal customers and after all this time cat thinks she is in love with him but he obviously doesn't feel the same because it's a few times that she said, I love you. And he does not respond to it. He says something else. But it's like, you're not in love with him. Like, y'all are not a couple. Y'all have set. you're in love with the sex. And, you know, like they have a little bit of a conversation. But he has never said that he wanted to take it past what they were doing with her. And it's just like, girl, you're 55 and he's 28 no like you are a job to him and nothing else and she feels like he should want to be with her off the strength of she doesn't ask for a cut of the money he's made like i put you onto this life i made you so much money and i allow you to keep it and it's like okay so like if i said no and you felt like you deserved a cut what was you gonna do Tell them women not to fuck with me. Like, girl, you not introduce me to them now and they have my number. Like, there's nothing you could do to me. 
Um, so it's Mayhem's birthday, and Cam has a best friend, Shelly, who convinces her to go to the party. So at the party, you know, she's just standing in the back of the corner, just, you know, looking around. And Shelly don't let her when dancing. Malice notices her and approaches her and asks her, you know, how did she hear about this party? Because when he first met her, he kept calling her preppy, like, you know, oh, you one of them type of girls. What you doing over here with us? Um, and she's like, you know, my friend told me about it. Shelly, and he like, that little white chick getting ran through. Oh, because she was like, you know, I'm waiting on my friend to come back because I'm about to go. And he tells her, that little white chick getting ran through, so you're going to be waiting for a while. And she don't even know what that means. She's like, ran through. He's like, girl, she getting fucked on by two men right now, so, you know, you just going to have to wait, or I can take you home. And it's getting late, like way past her curfew, so she definitely needs to get home. So when they get outside, she hear moaning and like, you know, squinting to see into the dark. And of course, it's Shelly getting uh, double penetrated. And it's a guy standing on the side waiting his turn. So she about to go over there and say something. But Malice says, mind your business. That ain't got nothing to do with you. If that's what she want to do, let her go. Because she moaning, she's enjoying it. So as long as she's happy, you don't need to say nothing to her. So, when they get to her house, her father is waiting for her on the porch. And Malice is like, damn, you all right? Why your daddy waiting outside? Like, he about to beat your ass. And she just tries to play it off. She's like, I'm fine. You know, thank you for the ride. Bye. And so, as soon as she gets, like, on the first step of the porch, her daddy done slapped her. And I'm just like, hmm terrible and then he takes his belt off and proceeds to beat her until she passes out and it's just like for going to a party that makes no sense and i'm just like people who have control issues it's disgusting child and he treats her that way because she isn't his daughter now she doesn't know that but that's the secret and that's why he treats her different than the other two children because they actually are his and she is the product of tracy having sex with one of his enemies now while he was working to become judge you know he wasn't spending time with his wife paying her any attention and you know she tried to tell him how she felt but he just blew her off like girl i got work to do what you talking about really ain't important right now and so she cheated and got pregnant and he knew that the baby wasn't his because at that time they were barely having sex and the dates didn't add up and so he knows for a fact that he should be taking his anger out on tracy but instead he does it to cam and it's basically because he knows who her actual father is and she looks like him. And so it's like, I can't beat this nigga ass. So basically I'm gonna beat your ass. And I'm like, you're a punk bitch for that. Cause you'll beat on a woman, but you won't go. Well, he did go after the nigga cause he's something in jail for life. Um, Trent Wilson is his name. And he was one of the biggest drug dealers in his enemy. As soon as he became a judge, he sent Trent away for life. And um, Trent, like, basically laughed in his face and was like, okay, you got this, but we still know the truth. So, you know, basically, I'm still in your life every day. So what's up? And while he's reflecting, Tracy burst into his office, ranting and raving, telling him he should have just divorced her. If he can't get over what happened, tw- what, ugh, Lord, what happened over 22 years ago, which is her, you know, cheating and getting pregnant with cam and he tells her you know i love you i have always loved you i've never cheated on you and you know i was just hurt but i promise that i'll never hit her again and she's like you know i'm not the one you should be apologizing to and i'm just like where where does this care and concern come from because all this ranting and raving like while that nigga was outside beating her ass why you didn't uh jump in and help her right then and there you wait a day later, like the next day, 
and it's more so like why don't you just divorce me instead of you know you put your hands on my fucking daughter again and it's up i don't care if you're a judge or not i will kill your ass touch my daughter again and y'all got proof more than enough proof of what he's doing um and so he gets a phone call about the license plate from the car that he wanted that he saw drop cam off so this guy named shaw tells him you know it's from a phoenix bailey aka malice you know he's the son of and case and cuts him off like yeah 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 i know um because you know he knows who paxton is who his son like he knows the bailey's family so malice has a new client guess who it is did you guess tracy because you would be right um so after he meets with her and they do to do he goes to check on cam because he notices how scared she was to get out of the car last night um but she tells him not to worry about it although he can see the scars on her body and her face and so he's like you know what fuck it i ain't gonna worry about it and it's just like sir she don't know you to be revealing all her deep dark secrets even if you know what's going on she's not just gonna come right out and say it like how are you mad about this that literally make, that's not logical but of course you know emotions are not logical um so connor shows up and the thing that got on my damn nerves was she she has a you know it's described as the Aaliyah hairstyle so you know that swoop basically covering like the what would it be the left side or the right side one side of her face and so he comes in and says baby what's wrong you only wear your hair like this when your dad beats on you i'm like so what the fuck are you asking me what's wrong for you know exactly what's wrong and i'm like that's the thing that fr-, and i get it i get it he's a man of power but it's just like so many people around them and nobody is coming to her rescue and helping her out it pisses me off and so they make plans to get together like you know i'm gonna follow you we're gonna meet up and just talk about our day and have sex and whatever and when she gets to her car he calls her and says he has a study date so this annoys her and while she's on the phone she bumps into the back of a car it's malice's car and he's upset and cussing her out and it's like you gonna pay for my fucking car and she done tried to hand him her insurance a few times like yeah i will like here you go just please leave me alone like my shit is already fucked up my mental like just please leave me alone so when he leaves she pulls over to the side of the road and cries because she feels as if you know she's all alone there's no one there for her like yeah she got all this stuff and people might think that's enough but it's just like I would literally give all this shit away to just have peace. And while she's crying, there's another knock on her window and it's malice. And he tells her, yeah, you on the nice side of town, but girl, this is still Chicago. Take your ass home. (laughs) So when she makes it home, Kaysen is once again waiting for her on the porch and she's just automatically thinks, damn, what did I do this time? I haven't even done anything. It ain't even been 24 hours yet. But he apologizes and promises to never hit her again. And in the next breath, asks her to set up Malice's dad and brother, claiming that they're bad people to be locked up. And she's asking the questions. It's like, well, why can't you just lock them up then if they're bad people? Like, what's the issue? immediately he slaps her in her face and it's just like you just promised you would not hear her again it's like she can't even ask you simple questions without you attacking her and he tells her i'm no longer asking i'm telling you to do you were never asking her to do this because she asked you one question and look at what you did to her and so she has another question she's like what am i supposed to tell my boyfriend 
when I'm spending like so much time with this other man. And so he takes off his belt again and proceeds to beat her again. Cause he's like, didn't I just tell you not to ask me questions? It's like, these are questions that need answers, motherfucker. What are we talking about here? Like, I do have a boyfriend. I have a life. And it's like, you want me to set this man up for what? And so after he beats her, you know, she packs a bag and goes to Connor's house because she's like, I can stay with him for a few days. But she sees him outside arguing with Holly, who was supposed to just be his friend. And it's just like, this don't look right because why y'all arguing so passionately? Like this, it looked like y'all a couple. And of course, Connor, like, it's not what you think it is. And she's like, what do I think it is? I ain't saying nothing. I'm just watching, actually. Um, so she leaves him and she goes to a hotel instead. Malice is hanging out with Kat and she's trying to change the rules again. And he's not having it. He's like, what we have, you know, is what we have. This is it. Like, why are you trying to change stuff up now? Because she no longer wants him to use condoms. And it's like, no matter who he's having sex with, he always uses condoms. And when he's giving head, he use, he uses a dental dam. It's like, y'all not feeling the actual parts of my body and he doesn't kiss anybody so she's trying to kiss him in his mouth and he turns his head like you know that's like fam what are we doing and once again she tells him i love you and he ignores her so malice asks uh pax yeah i like pax instead of because his um like street name is corrupt i like pax so he asks his daddy for information about Cam and her dad. But he doesn't want to give it to him because he's like, you know, I could give you this folder or you could use Cam to find out where my gold is from her dad. And Malice is like, no, that's I knew it was you said, OK, too quickly to helping me out. And now you want something. So he's like, no. Nah. Never mind, you could keep that. And he's like, or you could just keep fucking women for money. What, you thought I didn't know? And it's like, okay, you found out. But still, it's just like, why you just, why you so ugh? Like, he treats his two sons differently. And although he doesn't see it that way, because he's like, you know, I love Pax. He's like, I love my kids. I do anything for my kids, but... I just want him in the family business. But it's like people on the outside see like the fact that Mayhem got into the business with you. You know, you love him. That's your son. But then it's like Malice. Oh, that's my son too, I guess. Um, but the backstory is Corrupt, Kaysen, and Trent all knew each other from high school. Um, you know, Kaysen was like that kid that was getting beat up on. Uh, and corrupt and Trent helped him from getting jumped when some kids were trying to steal his new shoes and instead of staying around to say you know thank y'all I appreciate it this fool ran and just left them there and for some reason they started hanging out and being quote-unquote friends and Kaysen like one night he drunk and he needs some money for school. So he's saying that he wants to rob somebody because he's like, you know, I need some money. So Corrupt gave him his gun and took him to a corner store and was like, you know, get it how you live. So he goes in there, but he gets scared. So he drops the gun and ran out of the store. So a few hours later, you know, of course, after the people have called the police, they trace the gun back to corrupt and arrest him, and he had to spend five years in jail. Now, for whatever reason, he calls Kaysen to move his gold, but Kaysen stole it. I'm like, of course he stole it. Nigga, before you got locked up, did he not tell you that he needed some money? So I'm pretty sure he sold a few of the gold bars and kept the rest. And every time he called him, it was like, you know, where's my gold? Kaysen, like... I don't know what the fuck you talking about. Like, ain't no gold. I ain't take no gold. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. 
And so because he refuses to give it back, Corrupt killed his parents. And just like, uh, then Kaysen, and he showed up to the funeral. So Kaysen approaches him at the funeral like, I know you did this and I'm going to get you back. And it's like, okay, nigga. And, you know, I'm going to keep killing people so you get my damn gold. So in the hotel, Cam's bruises are infected and like green pus is oozing out. Room service, you know, she came in thinking that nobody was there because she called out room service and Cam didn't answer. But um, while she's on the phone with Malice, because he calls like right about that time, and the lady is holding up the sheets and is like, oh, I really think you should go to the hospital. And Malice is like, hospital camp? Where you at? Like, what's going on? Like, girl, what are we talking about here? And, um, you know, when they go to the hospital, the nurse, like, she is stunned, honey. Like, and it causes Cam to start crying. Because it's like, can you be professional, please? Um, But anyway, they take care of her wounds. They give her a pain shot and give her a change of clothes because there's like there's no way that you're walking out of this hospital in the same clothes that you just had on so no we're gonna throw these out and you can leave in scrubs so when she gets outside she finds malice pacing in front of her car smoking um and after she hung up the phone you know not giving him no information as to what's going on he called oh excuse me he called around to all the hospitals to find out where she was and so when he found out where she was, he drove there, uh, going through the parking lot until he found her car and just stands there basically until she comes out. And so he's like, come on, let's go get something to eat and let's talk. And while they're talking, he gets like an alarm on his phone reminding him that he has an hour before he has a session with one of his clients. And that client just so happens to be Tracy. So, you know, he's rushing out the, um, the restaurant like, you know, I got to go. I'll see you later. And later, Cam's call, uh, Cam calls him to check up on him. Like, you know, you rushed out of there kind of fast. Is everything okay with you? And he's like, yeah, you know. Not me getting cut off, y'all. But he's like, yeah, I just had business to take care of, you know. And they stay on the phone and talk till he falls asleep. And she just stays on the phone listening to him sleep because she's intrigued by him. And so, Kaysen asked for an update, but Cam was like, I have nothing to tell you. Like, I just met this man. He's not going to reveal all his deepest, darkest secrets so quickly. And he tell, he asked her, like, you know, are you doing everything that you could possibly be doing? And she's like, you know, what does that mean? And he's like, girl, fuck him if you have to. Suck him up. Like, do whatever you have to do so you can give me this information and don't act like you are green to the situation because I have cameras all over this house. So meaning that he has saw her and Connor together, which is so fucking disgusting. That's your daughter. Like why the fuck are you watching her have sex with somebody? Ugh. Um, so Kay comes into her room to give her a pep talk. Like, you know, you know, you're beautiful. You're smart. Don't let, what he's doing to you get you down like i'm here for you and kate is doing the best that he can as a brother like he has stopped the beatings before he's been looking for apartments to get them out of there but he's also been denied so it's like they are literally forced to stay in that house with that man and you know he has a job now so he can't be there as he once was so he can't protect her as much as he'd like to but he's doing the best that he can so she's about to tell him something but then she remembers that the cameras are in the house so she takes him outside so they can talk outside of the house and tells him like you know he has cameras everywhere in this house and he wants me to do this to malice and this is where kate tells her girl i work for his brother don't do that I'm his accountant, but don't don't mess with that family. Do not let him drag you into that. The answer is no. And you know, they hug and he's like, you know, I got I got you. Don't worry about it. And here come Casey again, like having a family reunion or something. And it's just like 
Damn. No, we're just talking as brother and sisters, you know, sometimes do. Well, why can't y'all talk in the house? It's like, because you do creepy shit like this. Like you stalking us in our own house. And so Kate approaches Malice and tells him, you know, leave my sister alone. Or, you know, only step to my sister if you're trying to show her how a woman should be treated. Otherwise, you ain't got no words for her. Leave her the fuck alone. And he says, I'll kill and die behind mine. And Malice laughs in his face. He like, like, y'all so proper and like, you'll die behind yours. How you'll die behind yours when y'all bitch ass daddy. And K punches him up. He punches him in the face, you know, cutting off his, uh, cutting off his words. And Malice puts him in a chokehold, but he's right though. He's like, you'll die behind yours, but you know, you ain't died. And y'all both know that that man is doing that to that innocent little girl. Well, she's 22. She's not a little girl, but you know, like, come on now. And Mayhem breaks it up and sends Cade on his way. He's like, you know, I respect you for one to protect your sister. Cause if I had a sister, I'd do the same thing. But if you ever do that shit to my brother again, just know you you good as dead and you ain't going to be able to pr- ooh, excuse me, protect your sister any kind of way. And so Mayhem also tells Malice to leave Cam alone. Like, you know, just leave her alone and don't let dad drag you into his bullshit. I've told him before that he needs to um, let that gold shit go. And if he wants his gold, let him do it. Don't let him bring you and that girl down in the situation like those are two grown-ass men let them handle it and so after going to cut some hair he goes to see uh cam in her shop and he's like you know can i help you so they have this little bonding moment of them pressing shirts together and she's like you know what happened to your face and he's like what happened to yours like you know Tell me about your bruises and I'll tell you about mine. So they go back to his house. And while he's all like always known or had an inkling that it was her dad, Cam confirms it and says, you know, he hates me and it's only me because he doesn't do it to the other two. And, you know, she also says, you know, nobody around me will help me or do anything about it. So this is just my life. And, he tells her, you know, your brother hit me. And she's like, why would he hit you? And he's like, you know, it was pertaining to you. And she's like, what about me? What did you tell him? And he's like, nothing like that. It's just that we've been kicking it. And, you know, he was being a stand-up dude. So it's okay. Um. So Cam is like looking at herself in his mirror because he has a big mirror in his room. And she's like, you know, maybe we could be partners when you open up your shop because I can do makeup. And as soon as she says that, he's like, as a matter of fact, let me see you without the makeup. And she's like, oh, no, honey. So not only do I ha- uh, have scars on her. Why am I so tongue-tied? Not only does she have scars on her body, she also has acne scars on her face that she's very insecure about. So she's like, you will never see me without makeup. That's not even up for discussion. And so he goes into the bathroom, comes back with like a little bucket of water and um, uh, what is it? Like face cleaner. And he tells her that it's Cetaphil mixed with like oils for your face. So even long after you've cleaned your face, your face is still moisturized. And as he's cleaning off the makeup, he tells her, you know, you don't need this. And if you're trying to cover up the scars, like you're not helping yourself, you're actually like making it worse. So you need to actually work on your skin instead of piling all the makeup on top of it. And I'm like, I don't know how makeup works. So I'm just like, I I can't agree or disagree. But because I've heard opposite sides of the argument, it's like you could work on your face and still use makeup. And then other people say that you should just let your skin breathe while you're working on it and allow it to clear itself up. So I'm like, I don't know. And he strips off her clothes as well because he's like, I want to see all of you. Don't hide because she always wears like long sleeve things, long sleeve dresses, no part of her body is you know like revealed or anything like that and so 
he has her stand in the mirror and just says, look at how beautiful you are. Don't hide this. And then it's like, are you a virgin? And once again, this leads to the anal versus vaginal conversation. And he wants to make a bet. He says, you know, if I can make you squirt, you have to go two weeks without makeup or covering up your body. And what was his thing? And if uh, he couldn't, then he would stop cussing for two weeks as well. Because when they first met, she told him that his cussing shows a sign of his ignorance. And he's like, actually, it's a known fact that people who cuss are smarter than the people that don't. But you're just like basically being prejudiced against your own people. And she had to apologize for it. She's like, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said it. He's like, I know exactly why. Because you've been taught that way. And so, you know, of course he makes her squirt. So she has to go without her makeup and things. Cat is beginning to spiral, honey. Malice is not answering her calls. Um, or when he does, he like kind of rushes her off the phone. So she called him and asked him, what was he doing? Like, where was he going? And he tells her, you know, I'm about to be on my bike, so I can't really talk on the phone, so bye. And she's happy about that because this motorcycle that she bought him has a tracker in it. So she's checking the places that he's been and sees, you know, everything adds up. But she also sees uh, Cam's tease on there multiple times. Because it's like after 7 or at 7, he's at Cam's shop and he's there for hours. And so she's just like, what is that about? Maybe he has another job. But she immediately brushes that off because she swears that she knows everything about him. And when he shows up later, she's like, you know, what were you doing? What? what are you doing? Like, do you have a girl? Do you like her? Like, are y'all having sex? And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you, you know, that ain't none of your business. So I don't even understand why you asking me that. And she's like, I stopped my life for you. Like, and he's like, whoa, again, never told you to do that. Never told you to do that because this ain't that type of relationship. You could have been, got you another husband if that's what you wanted and all that type of shit um oh which of course is not the answer that she wanted she's looking for him to say you know i love you too i'm ready to stop fucking with other women and only be with you and i forgot to mention her backstory is she killed her husband and his mistress because of course she was a white a white woman with a white husband and when her husband was cheating on her with a black woman um she loosened his tires and they had a quote-unquote car accident um but of course for some reason like she was upset about that but then she turns around and starts sleeping with that 16 year old boy because she wanted to try black cock like gross um and he tells her like i don't understand why this is something that you want like you know we can never be together like that's not the life for us and so connor comes to cam's shop because it had been a while since they talked to each other because at one point when he was giving her head like she really wasn't into it like her mind was somewhere else probably thinking about malice and this fool was like i've been down here for 10 minutes like what's going on i'm like not you actually counting and how you know it's been 10 minutes and he asked her you know what your mind on another nigga and of course she's like see this is what i'm talking about the way you said that word so freely and i know when you would show people you using the hard er on that word so you know what nope i'm good you can go and i'm like for you to say another nigga that implies that you are a nigga and no like no but then he just pops up and he's shocked by her appearance you know your scars are showing right and she finally tells him about himself because in the past he only worries about himself like you know hey how you doing oh let me tell you about my day because it's just so much more stressful than whatever bullshit you doing and she's like uh yeah i know and for somebody who knows what i'm going through and knows about my life like for you to be making fun of me 
And I'm just like, yeah, girl. So I don't understand why y'all are together. It don't make sense. But anyway, um, Kat comes to her shop to get a shirt made that says PMB is mine in black and white letters, as well as a picture of a black man and a white woman. Um, and so then she also asked him because the shirt was only like $15 and of course to a rich white woman she's like that's it and it's just like just because y'all used to paying like overpaying for some cheap shit don't mean that certain people you know gonna hit you over the head she's like yeah that's it it's a simple ass design on a t-shirt and she's like you know if I may ask how are you making any kind of money um because the shop look dead and it don't look like a lot of people in here and she's like uh you are my business don't do that i'm good i'll see you in an hour and so shelly came inside the store and she's looking at her too like okay you got the body out ain't got no makeup on you look beautiful and it's just like as a friend should like shelly has always been by her side like yes girl you look good what's going on and so she's like i'm noticing something is different about you tell me what's up and so she finally tells shelly about her abuse and shelly is like girl we could have been buried your daddy in the backyard why the fuck you ain't told me nothing like as your friend like girl i'm here for you what the fuck <laughs> so um malice takes cam out to dinner to celebrate the two weeks for the both of them because although he won the bet he also said you know i'm gonna try to stop cussing just for you and so you know they got dressed up jazzy and she's telling him about the awful customer that she had that day her being cat and he praises her once again for not wearing makeup and for her beautiful mind and it's just like you know i like you you're refreshing in my life and she gifts him with two tickets to uh, St. Saint Martin and a passport. Because it's like, he has never been anywhere or he doesn't travel a lot. So she's like, you know, and that's one of her passions. When she just needs a getaway, she travels around the world. And so he's like, you know, you got me two tickets, so let's go together. And while they're saying like, yeah, cool, just you know, vibing. She sees Connor there with Holly, but she's like, you know, I can't go over there making a scene because shit, I'm here with somebody else too. So, you know, if he want to be funny, I'm going to be a fucking comedian. Uh, and so Malice is looking at her and he's like, you know, I want to make love to you. I know what you said, but girl, mm, it's just something about you. Like, I just can't, we got to do this. And she tells him yes, but then she's distracted by Kat. Because she's like, there that lady go right there. And she wearing a shirt. So when Malice looks up, sees Kat, and sees the shirt, he is pissed. But he can't say anything because he doesn't want Cam to know that he knows her. But she does notice, like, you know, why are you so upset? Do you know who that is? And he's like, nah, but I do want to cuss her ass out for coming at you how you, how you said she came at you. And so they go back to his house to have sex. And it's beautiful. It's gorgeous, honey. Um, but immediately after, she realizes that she's in love with him and that he doesn't feel the same way about her. So she rushes out. And it's been a week since they've seen each other. And to cope with this, Malice has doubled up on all his clients while ignoring Kat. It's just like, she really on some bullshit. Because after I told her, I'm not rocking with her like that. And she could have been there something else. Then she want to approach Cam. And Cam don't know nothing about it because why would she know? Like the two, two things don't have nothing to do with each other. So... Kat sends him a message that says, keep fucking ignoring me and I will let this little bitch know everything about you. She don't know you like I do. You think a smart girl like that will take a male escort home to her parents? And she also sends a video of Cam out with Kate and Kalina. And I'm just like, let's pull over for a second. Because even if that did work like the way you wanted it to, that's how you know your relationship really ain't gonna work. You think you can control him and tell him what to do and you don't and you really don't think too much about him while you claiming that you love him because it's like 
you just call me a male escort and that's all I am, but you claim you're in love with me, you claim you want to be with me, but you degrade me at the same time. And so he rushes over there and chokes her ass out like, why the fuck you keep playing with me? This is not like, don't fucking do that. Why are you worried about my girl? And she's like, oh, your girl? Like, yes, bitch, his girl. Like, yeah, y'all been fucking around for 12 years. You have been a client for 12 years, so y'all do good business. But you not his fucking woman. And it's like the fact that you put him on to other women proves that you are not his woman. Um, And so she once again begs him, like, please leave that little girl alone. And it's like, okay, in the grand scheme of things, they're closer in age than you and him are. So what are you talking about? They only six years apart compared to y'all. I can't do math right now. Because what, 55, 28, 23? Yeah. Compared to y'all 23 years, leave that man alone. Um, And so he says no. And you know, you could still call me, but it ain't going to be what you want it to be. And I'm just like, no, she can't call you. Because while she's been calling you, you refuse to take her calls and ain't messing with her like that. Um, And so he calls Cade and says, man, where your sister at? And he's like, you know, we had Tropical Smoothie getting something to drink. And he like, man, bring her to the mall. And he like, I ain't trying to get into... He said, man, bring her to the motherfucking mall. I need to see her. And so they have makeup sex. And he's like, you know, I want to give this thing a go between us, like, dating. But do you in the meantime. I'm not asking for a relationship. But when I call, you come. And she's like, is it the same for you? And he's like, absolutely. So Cam invites him to dinner to meet her parents. And he's nervous about going because he has a talk with Corrupt who lets him know in the end, I'm probably going to end up killing Kaysen and Cambridge. So you might as well get over whatever little feelings you got for her because they're not real anyway. And so when he goes to talk to Mayhem, Mayhem tells Malice like, you know, when it all goes down and they get the information they need about the gold, just keep Cam away from the house. She don't actually have to die. And so when Malice arrives at Cam's house, he rings the doorbell and is shocked by who opens the door. Tracy? Malice? Mom? Because Cam is right behind her mom. I'm like, oh shit, what's about to happen? Okay, my beautiful people, that is the end of part one of A Malice Love. I hope to see you back next week for part two. Peace and blessings, my beautiful people.